0: Hey, this is Jerry Galloway. I'm the pastor of LHA Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages your heart, strengthens your faith, and gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Acts 13, 36 tells us that David served God's purpose in his own generation. Then he was buried with his ancestors. There came a time in David's life when the day of his purpose was completed, a time when his voice was silenced, and there was no more that he could say or do to accomplish God's purpose. Today, I'm standing in a place similar to David's situation. The men and women who have served their purpose they've come to this place they've been buried their voices are silenced the time of their purpose has been completed there are no more times no more chances to fulfill the call that God had placed on their lives the challenge for you and I is that our time for our purpose and our season will too draw to a close this is the time Of your generation this is the time of our season the only time that we have to fulfill God's purpose for our lives is today I want to encourage you today fulfill God's purpose for your life you were created for this generation God has a purpose for your life and I encourage you today answer the call while we still have time the Bible tells us that our lives are short They're fleeting, they're going so quick. Let's answer God's call and fulfill his purpose for our generation. How many of you believe we're a people of purpose? Can you say amen? God has a purpose and a plan for his life, and he's going to accomplish, I'll let you do it. I'll not argue a bit. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll take them out, and let's go together to Acts chapter 13. Thank you, brothers. Acts chapter number 13. We're going to go to verse 36. We're going to continue what we started last week as we began talking about serving God's purpose in our generation. Acts 13 and verse 36. I want to give you a minute to get there. Acts 13 verse 36. Now when David had served God's purpose, this is key right here, in his own generation, he fell asleep. That means he died. He was buried with his ancestors. And his body decayed. Let's pray together. Father, I am so thankful today for your blessing in this place. I'm so thankful today for your joy that gives us strength. I'm so thankful, Father, today for your goodness and mercy that overshadows us. And, Father, I just ask in the next few minutes that, Father, this time we have together in your word would, would not just be routine. I pray it be anything but routine, Father, today our ears are quick to hear what you have to say to us today. Lord, and today we're not listening for what you have for our neighbor, but today we're listening for what you have for us. This is my time, my generation, you're my God, and I'm ready to receive from you today. So Father, will you be at work in this time together, we pray. In Christ's name and everybody said amen. amen and amen what we find when we read through the Word of God together is that everything that happens it does so because God is at work God is orchestrating God is fulfilling his purpose in the world around us today and it's that truth that puts God in proper perspective in the world you see When we we realize that, we realize he's the creator, he's the originator, he's the designer of everything around us. The planets orbit around the sun because that's what he purposed them to do. Fish swim in the water, birds fly in the air because that's what he purposed them to do. The sky is blue, the clouds are white, the grass is green. If it keeps raining, it's going to get even greener. Or we're going to build an ark. I don't know which. But one of the two. All of those things because he designed them with purpose. Listen to the words of Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the things I have done in the past. Has God done anything in your life in the past? Amen. He says, for I alone am God. I am God, and there's none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Psalm 135 and verse 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in their depths. And then Proverbs 16 and 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. "Neighbor." Oh, they didn't hear you. Say, neighbor. "Neighbor." You were created created for for God's purpose. What we find in our passage today in Acts 13 and 36 is that God had a purpose that was specific for David in his generation. Now, there are many things that you and I, when we talk about David, a lot of things we could say about his life. We could talk about his successes. And, and the truth is, he can, uh, we can relate to David because not only does it talk about his successes, but there's some elements in his life where we can talk about his failures. But in looking at all those things, God's testimony. How many of y'all know there are a lot of people that have things to say about your life? There's a lot of people that say, well, I know them. Well, I know John Pierce. Well, I know Lyndon Hyatt. Well, I could tell you a whole lot of things about Bob Deloach. And, you know, when we read about David's life, that's the kind of stuff we could say. But God had a testimony about David, and it was this. We find it earlier in Acts 13. It says, God says, he's a man after my own heart, and he'll do whatever I want him to do. He was a man after God's purpose and God's plan. Now, like I said, we know David had some failures in his life, but Scripture testifies when when David's life, was all said and all done and oh man I just don't have time I could preach I think for an hour just on the introduction here but you'll often how many of you have ever had a failure in life would you lift your hand Now, I'm not trying to glorify our failures, but here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes we fail, and we say, you know what? God can't ever use me again. God can't ever do anything in my life because I failed. Well, let me tell you, David failed big time. But when David's life was all over, the epitaph of David's life was this in our passage. David served God's purpose in his own generation, and then he died. In every generation, God has had a plan. God's had a plan for every man and every woman. There's no one that's just a number in the big scheme of it all. Psalm 139 reiterates that thought when it says, God, you know everything about me. It says, you see me. You know everything, God, that I do. And God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. He goes on to say, God, you even saw me before I was even born. And the words in Psalm 139, every day of my life was recorded in your book. You see, when we look back through biblical history, God made Adam for his generation. Jacob for his generation Moses for his generation Isaiah for his generation the prophet Elijah and then Elisha who would follow up behind him a man by the name of Samuel that God would even call out as a small boy a man by the name of Paul now you say you know what I could never be a, a David or a Paul or a Peter they did big things for God they were really important I want to remind you of a man by the name of Ananias Ananias is never mentioned, he's mentioned one time in the Bible. We don't find about whether he's rich, poor, we don't know anything about his family, we don't know. All we know was he had one moment, God designed him for purpose, and the purpose was to meet up with then Saul, who would later become the apostle Paul. Now you say Paul was important, I know about him, let me tell you. He was in a place of ministry because a man by the name of Ananias was Uh, submitting to the plan of God and obedient to the voice of God to do his part. You may not be a Paul. You may not be somebody that we might deem as really, you may not be a future Billy Graham. But friend, even if it's one time in our life, we walk in obedience to God. What matters is not what the world sees me at, but what God sees me at. When God sees me, I want him to see somebody that's obedient to him. How about you? Oh, God has a purpose and God has a plan for your life. You were created for this generation. How easy it is for us to forget that God has a plan for us. It's so easy because we get so busy, we get so wrapped up in in doing our thing and and trying to keep our head above the water and doing life that, that we too have a purpose that goes beyond just treading the surface and filling time. David served his purpose in his generation. Moses, Moses did a great thing in his generation, but Moses isn't here today. The truth is Peter and Paul they can't do it in our day. Great men and women, generals, what we call generals of the faith, they can't do it today. But you and I can stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. In fact the Bible says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. They're there. They're encouraging. on. Moses says my day's over. But you keep going on. You keep pressing on. Do what God's called you to do. Be a world changer no matter where he's placed you. God has a purpose for us because God wants to touch our generation. This generation belongs to us. Listen to the words of Proverbs 20 and verse 24. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed you in the womb, man, listen to this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Friend, God has a purpose for our lives. I want to share two thoughts with you today in helping us to understand our purpose in this generation that you and I live in. The first thing that we've got to, you know, you and I live in a world today that just kind of seems a little out of control, doesn't it? We're not sure who's doing what. We're really not sure who's in charge of the world today. We're not sure what's going on. There's lots of turmoil. But I want to tell you something. If we're going to understand our purpose, we've got to understand, first of all, that God has a purpose for our generation. We've got to have a fresh revelation of that truth. You see, God's purpose for this generation can be traced back to the commission of the early church in the book of Acts. It can be traced back throughout. As you read through the New Testament, you find there God's purpose. Jesus reiterated it in the words to his disciples in Mark 16 and 15 when he said this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Matthew recorded Christ's words just before he ascended to the Father. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he said these words. Then then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Somebody say "All all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Here's a key phrase, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 24 and 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Mark 13 and 10, this gospel must first be preached to all nations. Luke 24 and 47, repentance, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Acts one and eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, notice this, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, second Peter three and nine, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone. Say everyone, yes. but everyone to come to repentance. David Ravenhill once said, "God's longing, God's heartbeat is to reach the nations of this world with the message of his love and new life through Jesus Christ. God is passionate. God is purposed about reaching men and women with the gospel message. Around the world, God is revealing himself to men and women in profound ways. I spent some time just a few days ago sitting across the table from one of our missionaries in South Africa, and he was relaying to us how God is at work in in, the, in South Africa and how God is molding and shaping and changing lives. And then I hear stories from other missionaries who uh, are there in uh, countries where, honestly, we can't even... Uh, put their names out because their lives would be in such physical danger. They are in countries where uh, because of the Muslim faith, many of them, it's against the law for them to share the gospel. And they tell stories about how Uh, Muslims will have a dream in the middle of the night and it will be the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord is talking to them and the Lord is, is speaking to them. And I want to tell you, God will make sure the message gets there. You see, man can say, no, we're going to close the door. We're not going to allow you to get in. Jesus says, that ain't no big deal. I'm already there. If you can't go and speak, he says, I'll wake them up in the middle of the night and I'll tell them what I've got to say about their life. There's no stopping. You see, that's God's purpose. God has a purpose in our generation. It's not just, you know, we think of the good old days. Let me tell you, God is at work today around the world. You take a country that's closed to the the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You take countries like China. Where they've closed the doors to uh, the gospel going forth like we experience it in America. But the last estimate I heard was 10,000 people a day are coming to know Jesus Christ throughout China. God is at work. God has a purpose. God has a plan. Man may say he doesn't doesn't exist. Man may say he's not real. But when he shows up on the scene and he begins to bring change, he's still transforming life. Listen, God is not just at work in America. God is at work around the world today. It's right now. It's right now. There's never been more people alive on the face of this planet than there are today. God is at work today in our generation reaching people. Now, we understand that God's got a purpose. There's something that has always amazed me about God. God created everything that is. You go back to the book of Genesis, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. And and God created all that is. But when it came down to sharing the gospel around the world, something that's always, always baffled my mind, God chose to use us. God chose us to be missionaries. God chose us to be preachers. God chose us to be teachers. God chose us to be neighbors that would share the gospel. Co-workers that would share the gospel. Teachers who'd share the gospel. Mechanics that share the gospel. Garbage collectors, that'll share the gospel Policemen, that'll share the gospel Men in the military, women in the military That'll share the gospel I've always been amazed But you see, friend, if we understand that God has a purpose in our world today Then we understand that God's purpose in the world is fulfilled through you and through me That's how God chose to get it done Many believers don't have any understanding of God's divine plan for their lives. They hear sermon after sermon. They they hear teaching after teaching on topic after topic. And they're like pieces. All those topics are like pieces of the puzzle. But often we never get to the place where we can see the big picture. And as a result of that, often we become, in the church world, we become satisfied With salvation alone. We're on our way to heaven. That's a good thing. Amen. Our sins have been forgiven, and we are living in a life of blessing. We sang that earlier. I just love that song. I want living the best life now. You know what? Before we came to Jesus, we thought life was good. But when you found Jesus Christ, you realize this is the best life I've ever lived. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. Jesus Christ is changing me. He's molding me. He's doing incredible things in my life. This is the best life I've ever experienced on this earth. Because of Jesus Christ. But you know, we can get content and we can be happy to come and fill our seat on Sunday. And maybe during the week, we we read our devotions during the week and and we're just trying to hold on till the end to be faithful till Jesus comes. But this morning, if you don't mind, for the next few moments, I would like to remind you that you have a divine purpose in God's overall plan. God has a purpose for your life. Let me give you a little illustration for a moment. I have had the opportunity in my life, I have, uh, I grew up, as many of you did, grew up in church, and so there's a lot of people. Last week I shared with you about a lady by the name of Mary Dravenstott who, um, wow, she was one of my Sunday school teachers And Mary never lived long enough in this life to see the roles that God would use my life in. But she was an instrument in getting me from plan A to plan B. I remember another man. Some of you may have known him as well. His name was Jim Heiser. They called him Big Jim. I remember as a kid. Being in the, around the altars praying, and I remember especially uh, praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I remember my dad was on one side of me, and Big Jim was on the other side of me. And you know, Big Jim was my dad's age. And so it wasn't like Big Jim, and I mean he was Big Jim. He wasn't just Jim, he was Big Jim. And I remember him standing beside and him and my dad, and they're there, and they're praying for me. And I remember receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and those guys were right there beside me. But you know what? Jim, part of Jim's purpose in this life, he didn't know it then, was he's there to be a cheerleader, a team leader in my life, to be a part of the process in God's plan and fulfilling my life. You see, one of the, here's what we struggle with. When we start talking about God has a purpose and God has a plan for my life, we immediately think, oh, my Lord, it's probably so big that I, I'm going to have to fast and I'm going to have to have this divine revelation to get it all. And so we think it's going to be some enormous plan. And so what we do is we just sit back and we're always saying, God, what's your plan? God, what's your plan? God, what do you have for me? God, what do you want to do for me? Let me tell you something. Jim Heiser, part of his purpose was praying with a young teenage boy around the altars and seeing God do incredible things in his life. I'm reminded of people who are here today. I'm reminded of Diane Hinkle, who goes around. Yesterday, she went to one of the widows' homes, and she was there ministering. Walking in, it was pouring down rain, and she came into the house smiling with joy on her face. I'm reminded: how many of y'all, uh, how many of y'all in this church know who the Sucker Man is? <laughs> Now, some of y'all that are new to the church, you may say, like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> you see, when, when Paul and I came to this church almost 26 years ago, there was a guy here, and every Sunday he was giving out suckers to kids. Year after year after year after year, I'd have little kids run up to me at church and say, do you know where the sucker man is? Don Long, Sunday after Sunday, carried a bag and for years upon years ministered to kids. Amen. Amen. He ministered to kids that showed the love and the kindness of Jesus Christ. And kids kids never knew his name was Don Long. Had no idea. He was just a sucker man. Don, I kind of wonder when you get to heaven if you won't get a sucker. (laughs) You're going to get there and he's going to say, well, done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) You know, you never know the lives that have been touched because boys and girls came to church and there was a man that would be in the lobby of the church who with a great smile. Don is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. And it was there in the lot. He, he'd look at his little kids and smile. Man, the kids would just go running off. And they'd come in, they have big old sucker. I see, I, see, I see you seeding the uh, sucker. Oh, yeah. This, man, it's this is incredible sucker. And their faces would light up. You know, often we think we've got to split the Red Sea if we're doing something important for God. Let me tell you something. Don Long, you've been a good and faithful servant, brother. You've ministered to a lot of kids, a lot of kids over the years. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't talk to any of these folks before, so it's better to ask forgiveness than it is permission sometimes. But I've just, as I've watched, I've watched as people have been used by God. I've watched as Wayne Ellis. Wayne Ellis, I'll talk to young men. And uh young men in their in their early 20s and even getting into the 30s. And and I'll say, Man, what were you doing this week? And I'll say, Well, Wayne had called me and wanted me to go out to lunch with him. And and Wayne would sit across from young people and he would just speak life into them. He talked to them about their purpose. He talked to them about what God has for their lives. Now I'll be honest with you. For some folks, they may look at that and go, well, Man, that's not near as big as getting water from a rock like Moses did or something really powerful like the Apostle Paul did. But what I'm trying to help you to see today is these are people who are serving God's purpose in their generation. So you see, you don't have to be an incredible orator. You don't have to be a great singer You don't have to be like Tashima. My Lord, it's a good thing I don't have to be like Tashima because I couldn't dance. You can see her dance and the joy of the Lord will fill your heart. You'd be crying by the time I, probably crying laughing by the time I got done. You see, I can't do that. But she was created for that purpose. We all have a purpose in God's plan. God has a divine destiny for which you and I have been created. True success cannot be measured by the world's methods. Your life will not be fulfilled when you've made enough money because I've never met anybody who said, I've made enough money, I don't need any (laughs) more. You'll never find fulfillment when you've met enough goals and made life comfortable enough for yourself. As a child of God, your greatest priority, your greatest purpose is serving God's purpose in your generation. This is the time of our greatest fulfillment. Everything else is temporary. You see, the danger of not understanding what God's purpose is for our life is that we can be busy doing it. We can be busy being but never really accomplishing the things he has for us to do. Francis Chan, this incredible Christian author, he said this, We should not be afraid of the fear of failure, but at succeeding at things that really don't matter. That's pretty big, isn't it? The temptation of the day that you and I live in is to serve ourselves, our purpose, our desires, and our plans. 2 Timothy chapter 3 warns us of the preoccupation of man's hearts in the last days. Verses 1 and 2, there 2 Timothy 3 just. Describe it well for us. The words are this, but mark this. In other words, take attention to this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful and proud. Verse 4 says this. They will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Men want to serve their purpose rather than the purpose of God. We know what that looks like in the world, but we also know what it looks like inside the church. When we begin to serve our purpose inside the church, rather than the purpose of God, everything about church becomes about us. You might buckle your seatbelt. We may experience some turbulence for a few moments. You see, when this happens, we... Transpire and we come to a place where we sit back in our comfort and we wait for everyone else to accomplish the task. When our vision is on us more than God's purpose, we simply do enough just to get by. Nothing more, nothing less. We want the church to be the church as long as it doesn't cost me something. When that happens, we find ourselves lost and disconnected from the vision of God's purpose for our lives in this generation. When that happens, we simply find ourselves with no real sense of direction. And in our Christianity, we float through life aimlessly with no real sense of purpose of God in our lives. Alan Redpath described it this way. A saved soul, but a lost life. A saved soul, but a lost life. What a sad description of many believers today. God has a purpose. You see, when we started talking about this uh, part of our series on live. We talked about the life that Jesus Christ has created us live. John 10, verse 10, he says, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. The Amplified Bible says, more and even, uh, more than you can ask or even imagine or believe. Incredible, abundant life. There's a purpose for that life. Yes, we're saved, but our life on earth, its purpose is lost. Listen to a quote from uh, Miles Monroe. Many of you over the years, Miles Monroe passed away a few years ago. Listen to this quote. It's, it's kind of a lengthy one, so I'll, I'll read So I want you to catch it all. The wealthiest spot on this planet is not the oil fields of Kuwait, Iraq, or Saudi Arabia neither is it the gold and diamond mines of South Africa or the uranium mines in the Soviet Union though it may surprise you the richest deposits on our planet lie just a few blocks from your house they rest in your local cemetery Buried beneath the soil and within the walls of those sacred grounds are dreams that never came to pass, songs that were never sung, books that were never written, paintings that never filled a canvas, ideas that were never shared, and visions. That never became reality. There were inventions that were never designed, plans that never went beyond the drawing board of the mind, and purposes that were never fulfilled. Our graveyards are filled with potential that remained simply potential. There's a wealth of potential in you. You must decide if you're going to rob the world or bless it with the rich, valuable, potent, untapped resources that are locked away within you. My prayer for us as a church My prayer for us as individual believers is that God will give us a fresh vision of his purpose for our generation. The truth is scores of people are drowning today in the sea of sin. And they're looking, waiting for a lighthouse that will shine light in the midst of the darkness. For a lifeboat that will come and pull them out of the waters of despair and discouragement. May this be a season of divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit into your life, into my life, into our church as he gives us a fresh vision of his purpose for our lives. So I'll close with this. How do we serve God's purpose in our generation? First of all, i would tell you this, God's purpose comes through surrender. I'd remind you back, I shared with you earlier Acts 13, it's actually verse 22, where it says that David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. friend. That can only come when you and I are surrendered to God's purpose and God's plan. We must have a heart that is surrendered to what God wants more than what we wanted. Here's where the confusion comes in. We get the idea, we say, but if I surrender what I want and start doing what God wants, I'm not going to have any fun. God's going to take away all my fun. It's just going to be all God, 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 God all the time and not about me at all. Listen, friend, if you want to find the most fulfilling life you've ever found or dreamed of, it's going to be found in Jesus Christ. He didn't come to take away your fun. He came to take away the pain that comes from this world. The greatest thing you and I can experience is life in Jesus Christ that comes through a time of surrender. So really what that is saying is, Lord, Lord, however you want to use me. Hmm. You see, Lord, give me the words today. Often we're waiting on the thunder and the lightning, and we're waiting in a moment of prayer that we're there praying, and we're, man, you may be even fasted, and we're just like holding on the precipice, and all of a sudden the thunder, and right now with all the storms going on, you hear thunder, and you go, Oh, there's God. Right now, there's God. And you're waiting on this audible voice that comes and says, Ford (laughs) McGibbon." Yes, Lord. Yes, I've been waiting. Tell me what you want. How many of you know God isn't limited by our way of doing things? If you trust that God can spin the earth in orbit... If you trust that God can keep the sun burning and give us light and heat, and take care of us every day, then surely you can believe that if you say, God, here's my life, however you want to use me, wherever you want to use me, with whomever you want to use me, I'm just here. So, Lord, use my life. You can trust That God will take that simple prayer and he will plug you in with your purpose. Listen, he knows how to bring the right people to you at the right time. Things that you couldn't put together. Things that you couldn't make. We try to make it happen. But if we'll just yield to God, God can put things together faster than you could have ever imagined he could do. So it takes a surrendered heart. Then second and last of all, I would tell you this. Get this this is so this is so critical to this point find where god's at work and join him there okay find where god's at work and go get involved where he's working you see individually and corporately we're wanting to see god's purpose fulfilled in our generation but often I'm telling you, folks. I, I, I told you earlier. I grew up in church. I've seen many of you uh, in church here, and we're 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 praying. Oh God, I want Your will for my life, and God, I want Your purpose for my life, and God, I want You. Oh God, I want You to use me, and I, that's it. An earnest prayer. And I'm telling you, these people are as serious as can be. But ten years later. They're still saying, God, whatever your purpose is, I'll do it. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. God, I have an obedient heart. I have a surrendered heart. So, God, whenever you tell me, then I'll go do that thing, and together you and I will fulfill my purpose. And that whole 10-year period, I'm just, do you all mind if I pastor for a minute? Do you all mind? Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to do it anyways, (laughs) just in case, you know, I thought I'd be nice. But all during that 10-year period, God's purpose has been involved in the three- and four-year-old's class. God has been at work in the nursery. God has been at work in the... In the kids zone. God's been at work in the Royal Rangers. God's been at work in the youth group. God's been at work in benevolence. God's been at work in going and praying for people at the hospital. God's been at work At praying for people around the altars. God's been at work in so many areas. And the whole time, we're sitting in our seat going, Oh God, tell me what it is, what it is, what it is, what it is. And God's at work the whole time. I want to encourage you in this. Go get involved where God's already working and see what God begins to do. You say, well, you know, I never really had a heart for doing that. Honey, you have no idea the heart God can give you when you just get involved. You know, it kind of goes with what Paula was saying earlier during our worship about coming and getting your body involved in worship. Doing something out of the ordinary. Listen, when you get involved, you won't believe the heart God can give you for areas of ministry. And so often we're so waiting, ardently waiting on God. God, do something. God, tell me what you want me to do. God, it's, it's this really big hard thing. We're waiting on purpose. Do you remember what I shared with you? first point? God's purpose is about reaching the world with the message of Jesus Christ. We can join him. Wherever he's at work. Maybe it's praying. Maybe your area is praying for missionaries. Maybe your area. Maybe your area is like Mary Drabistada I talked to you about last Sunday. Mary Drabistada who brought Pringles. Pringles, potato chips. To a group of little kids. And Mary, wanting to reach us for Jesus, would look over. Me and all my buddies are sitting over there on the row, and we've taken our Pringles eternal upside down and made duck bills, and we're making jokes at each other. I'm sure there's sometimes Mary thought, dear Lord in heaven, <laughs> will you deliver me from this? <laughs> but she had an impact on my life. I had plenty of teachers, but there was something about Mary who stood out. There were other people in our churches I grew up that prayed for people, but I remember one man in specific, Big Jim, that would come up. I don't know why. I never asked Jim to come pray for me, but I would go to the altar and I'd be, oh Lord, do a work in my life. And there'd be a big old hand on my back right there. And Big Jim would be praying for me. While you're waiting on God to reveal purpose. Go get involved where God's at work. You see, friend, it doesn't have to be parting the Red Sea. It can be taking a young person to lunch, talking to them about God's plan for their life. God's purpose for your life. I have no idea. The hundreds and probably into the thousands of dollars that Don Long spent on suckers for kids. But I wonder, I wonder one day when when Don gets to heaven, if there's not going to be a little kid that comes up and says, You know what? You were kind to me. And you showed me the love of Jesus, and I'm here today because you revealed Jesus to me. There's something as simple as giving a sucker. Wow. How many of you know we're always waiting on something really big? Where can God use you today? Oh, friend. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn and say, well, that's really not my thing. If it's about helping people get to heaven, it's all our things. Because that's God's thing. Join Him. Join Him where He is at work. Would you bow your heads this morning? Heavenly Father, Today our hearts, uh, Lord, really are are stirred, our hearts are really open, Lord, to what you want to speak to us today and, Lord, what you want to confirm. This really, Father, I believe this message today is really confirming in the hearts of some of these men and women what you've already, what you've already been talking to them about. Father, I ask you today that you will uh, just... Take us beyond just being stirred and bring us to a point of being moved. Moved. Moved to join you, God, where you're at work and moved to join you in touching hearts and touching lives. Oh, God, it's so, so vitally important. But, Lord, the greatest purpose we can really find, the first time we can come into contact with your purpose for our lives is when we find you as our Savior and Lord. And Father, this morning, I just pray for people across this room today who, Lord, they may not know you. They may not know you as their Savior, and they may not know you as their Lord. It may be like Matt, a young man who a few weeks back sat in his seat, and there Tears streaming down his face found Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. Father, I pray today for men and women across this room that maybe they've not yet found you as their Savior. I pray today they will because, Lord, that's the greatest purpose. Your desire is that none of us would perish but all of us would come to repentance in Jesus Christ. Father I pray today you'll speak to our hearts First and foremost about our relationship With you In Jesus name Friends would you just keep your heads bowed for a few moments This morning as we close And I want to talk to you about your relationship With Jesus Christ Friend it's not just about being uh, Acquainted with him It's not about just knowing about him It's about having a relationship With Jesus Christ And so today as you walked in this place and you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm a good person and and I'm a good neighbor, I'm a good husband, I'm a good wife, but I don't know Jesus Christ today. Friend, the Bible says there's coming a time when my life and your life is going to come to an end. And when that time happens, the Bible says you and I are going to stand before the Heavenly Father. What matters at that point, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Friend, if you don't know him today, I want to tell you, he loves you, and he's done everything that's necessary for you. The work's already been done. You and I just have to receive the free gift of salvation. What does that mean? That means the Bible says if I confess my sin to him, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. In other words, he's going to make me ready for eternity and a place called heaven. Friend, I want to ask you today, are you ready for heaven? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? And are you ready for heaven today? As heads are bowed, this morning if you're here and you just say, Pastor, will you pray for me today? I want to be in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, and I want to be ready for all eternity. Would you just lift your hand and say, please remember me in prayer today. Please remember me in prayer. Yes. 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 Friend, you can put your hand down after you've raised it. How many others you would say, Pastor, I just just need that today in my life. Maybe, friend, you've walked with Jesus days before, but you've been away from the Lord for a while, and you say, today's the day for me to return, return to my relationship with Jesus. Please remember me in prayer. If that's you, friend, would you just lift your hand right where you're at today? Please remember me in prayer today. Yes. How many others, friends, while we wait, please remember me in prayer? Hmm. With your head still bowed, I just want to say, friend, let me tell you, Jesus Christ loves you. And he's got more for your life than you could ever ask or imagine. He's got an incredible, incredible journey awaiting you. What I'd like for us to do today, if you raise your hand, we're going to pray a prayer together. Friend, I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to pray this prayer together today with me. Right, right where you're sitting right now. Pray this prayer from your heart, all across the building, the entire, this entire congregation, we're going to pray this prayer together. But if you lift your hand, you just pray it from your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross to provide a life, an incredible life for me. I believe. I am created with purpose I believe that you provided everything I need so today I come to you I ask you to come into my life be my Lord and Savior forgive all my sin and today I choose to repent and turn from my ways and to follow you. Lord Jesus, I believe you've got great things for my life. And I thank you today for making it all possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, friend, I want to tell you something. If you prayed that prayer from your heart today, God is, not, God is not moved by our, uh, our, our traditions and our rituals that we do. What he is moved by is your heart. The prayer that comes from your heart in your life. So you know what? There was a lot of people today that prayed that prayer. But if you lifted your hand and you pray, he's listening for your voice. He knows you. When you say a word, he knows immediately who it is. And he was listening for you today. And friend, I believe many of you are starting an incredible journey today in Jesus that's worth it all. To you as a congregation, I want to challenge you today. In the busy, hectic life that we have, I want to encourage you, find some place to join God in what he's doing. Someplace. You say, wow, what what would that place be? Well, maybe next time you see a young person come to the altar, you're going to go up and you're going to be like Big Jim, like he was in my life. You're going to be that in their life. Maybe you're going to be back with some three- and four-year-olds and you say, you know what? I don't have three- and four-year-olds, but I've worked with three- and four-year-olds in my own house before. And you're there, and when those kids come in, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of y'all, maybe some of y'all are going to do something, and you may not be called the sucker man, but you could be called something else, and it's just the way you show kindness. Listen, I'll tell you how easy it is. The Bible says it this way. If you even so much, anybody got a bottle? For can I have that bottle? Thank you, brother. Now you can get a bottle of water anywhere, dirt cheap. But the Bible says if you even do so much as give a cup of cold water in His name, there'll be a rich reward. So you see, you know what, man? I can't sing like those guys can sing. I can't. I can't play an instrument the way they can play. It. I'm always amazed as I as I watch Brenton Drummond and. and Every arm and leg and head's doing something else, and it's beautiful. I can't do that. Can you give a cup of cold water? And in doing so, say, you know what? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, man. If you can do something that simple, the Bible says there's a rich, rich reward because God takes notice. Would you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray a prayer. I, I, don't, want this, I don't want this to get old with you, but I'm going to ask you today, will you, will you just hold your hands out like this? And and the reason I ask you to do that, that's kind of just a receiving position, okay, it kind of gets our attention. And so I want to pray over you this morning right now across the house, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, you see the hands that are outreached and you see the hearts that are available today so Father we believe with all of our hearts that you have a purpose and you have a plan for our lives God I pray in the name of Jesus I pray God the Holy Spirit will prompt us to get involved where you are at work I pray God you'll lay it on some of our hearts to even if it's give a cup of cold water. Even if it's a shaking of someone's hand and smiling at them as they come to the door and saying, Jesus loves you. If it's working in the room with babies and preschoolers and telling them how much Jesus loves them and, and showing them the smile that comes when Jesus lives inside of you. But however you want to use us, oh God, use us for your glory, use us for your honor. God, this thing of your purpose is not some big mystery because your purpose is that everyone would be saved. So Lord, we can join you in so many facets of life to see that that happens. So Lord... I pray this week, I pray for opportunities. I pray for opportunities. God, that where we'll see it, and the Holy Spirit will say, that's your place. Go get involved there. Go get involved there. Go get involved there. Go get involved there. Holy Spirit, we just pray, lead us and direct us. Father, we trust you and we believe you for this, and I'm just, I am... So excited and anticipating, God, what you're going to do through our lives. Accomplish everything you've intended, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May it be so. In his name. Amen and amen. So get ready. Get ready because some of y'all this week, the Holy Spirit is going to say, oh, there it is. Right there. Colton the other day was, was coming to work and he called, and said, Pastor, I'm going to be a few minutes late. I was there and somebody needed help. They needed gas and he helped them get gas. It's not hard. Don't make it hard. Go join him where he's already at work. Be his hands extended. Oh, I love to be with you on Sundays. My prayer today is that God will bless you and strengthen you, that God's incredible favor will cover your life and fill your life with all purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day today in the Lord, and may his joy always be your strength. God bless you.